Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. We're going to talk a lot about movies and entertainment and things that I've learned from them, from Stutz to a man called Oov, and uh, also a book that I've read, The Botany of Desire. But I want to start off talking about journaling. That's right, journaling. I read a quote that said, it's magic to reflect on our ideas later. I never thought about journaling like that. The fact that it is magic to write something down today, a thought, an idea, a goal, an intention, uh, an emotion, an experience, And then you get to revisit it a month, a year, 10 years later and see that your hopes and dreams and intentions have come to fruition. And yes, in some cases, our fears also, right? The the, the catastrophes, the devastating heart blows um, that we predicted that also came true. But there is something magical about the fact that I can take some time, write my ideas down, and then they manifest. And I've had that happen so many times. You know, I've shared that my girlfriend has a vision board that she does every year, and I poo-pooed it in the beginning. I made fun of it. I thought it was trash. I tried to throw it in the trash a couple times, and she saves all of hers. And as I was looking back through her old ones, I realized that the stuff that she put on there were all coming true. Even me. She had a <laughs> she had an image of your boy Leo Flowers. It wasn't me exactly, but it was a black dude who looked like me. <laughs> and I was like, I'm on the board. So uh I I now keep a vision board on my cell phone. There's an app called Vision Board, and I use that to uh keep track of what I'd like to manifest or envision for the future. But going back to this idea of journaling being magical, I'm always encouraging you to journal, to to write down what's inside and put that on the outside. So you can lighten it. To me, it's a way of lightening the load. When we have all these thoughts and ideas and emotions and you know for some reason we think we can just figure it out in our heads like i just got to sit and and think about this but you have to throw everything on the bed first and then see what we want to keep what we want to discard what we want to and and it, it truly is magical to to start to write what in the beginning looks like jumble it looks like a mess. It looks like it looks muddy and murky and messy and and maybe violent and angry and and frustrating. And then all of a sudden, as we keep writing, it's almost like we're walking through this this thick, dense jungle. And all of a sudden we can hear a creek. We can hear uh maybe a a river, some a body of water. And, and so we know that we are um, moving through the jungle and we're, we're coming onto something. 
that, that that's going to be an opening that's going to allow us to see something we haven't seen before. And journaling can be like that. You know, it, it starts off rough. You know, like, why am I even doing this? It's a waste of time. I'm just angry and upset. And, and then the magic starts to happen. All of a sudden, we're like, what? Did I just pull a rabbit out the hat? I didn't even know that was in there. I didn't even know those thoughts were in there or those ideas were in there or, or that clarity or those insights were in there. It's, it's, and, and I understand some of us, uh, you know, may not have pen and paper. Some of us may not be great writers. Uh, you know, it, it, it could even be drawing a picture. It doesn't have to be a writing. It could be a drawing. Maybe you just draw and you draw shapes and you draw a house and, and, and it could be abstract. It doesn't have to be literal. That's the beauty of, of art. That's what, that's what artists like Picasso and Rembrandt and Renoir and all these different artists and Van Gogh's have shown us is that it doesn't have to be a literal representation. It's just your own. You understand it. You know, it's almost like, uh, I only understand my handwriting, and, 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 and it makes sense to me. And what's beautiful is it only has to make sense to me, right? That's the beauty of it. Like you can, because I, I know some of us may be in a situation where you're like, ah, you know, I can't keep a journal. Somebody will read it, and then this will happen, and that will happen. And so that's the beauty of, one, creating your own language, creating your own means of communication with yourself if you're in a situation where it's it's hard for you to put down what you want literally. And I have to be honest, I do that too. I have code words for certain things when I journal. So you don't have to journal the literal things. You can journal code words or signs or symbols. It's really a way for you to have fun. And, you know, the other thing that I like to do with my journal, I have two journals. One is where I, uh, I have a, actually I have a million types of journals, but for, for, for the sake of, uh, of clarity, um, I have one journal where I just freestyle, right? Just dump everything that's in my brain out onto the page. And then I have another one where I will, I'll, I'll take notes. I'll be very intentional about what I put in there. Like if I want to write down my goals or intentions or ask myself questions um, or things to come back to. But I also will cut out clippings from newspapers of things that uh, I found that, that resonated with me, that really connected with me, that ideas that I want to savor and come back to or maybe even share and explore later on. And so I'll cut those out and I'll paste those in my journal. And, and I love that. So I, you know, I just really want to encourage you on a, on a daily basis. And, and, and what I looked up, uh, you know, last thing I'll say about journaling is, uh, you know, the way it was brought up to me or presented to me initially in terms of journaling was that it's, um, you know, you got to put your emotions down on page and what are you feeling? And, 
And, and that really was not the original intention of journaling. The original intention of journaling was just to take a daily account, right? Journaling was that which is to take note of that which takes place daily. It's a, it's a, it's a daily inventory, right? It's like your account book, a day book. So when you think about journaling like that, it's not so much about I feel or I, I'm just going through. It's not that. Journaling is more about uh, or, or can include, you know, I, I woke up at this time. I ate this. I, you know, my workout was A, B, and C. Journaling is just taking a, a daily inventory of your activities or what happened during the day. So it's really, instead of thinking about it as a, a, a journal, think about it as an action log. I like that, an action log. That's all it is. What are the actions that I took today? What did I, what did I do today? What did I experience today? What were the actions? What were the experiences? And then keep it moving. And, and maybe you just want to write three actions and, and three experiences. Keep it moving. You know, it's an action log. So I, I hope that encourages you um, to, and then last thing I'll say about journal. I know I said the last thing was going to be the last thing. Uh, but it, it's a, a, another quote that I heard about journaling is that it's a journey, journaling, journey. Journal, journey. It's a journey back to yourself. It's a journey back to yourself. Because we spend a lot of our day in action, doing things for other people, thinking about other people's needs and wants, and, you know, and, you know, looking back on the past and all of that. So we spend so much of our time giving of ourselves to other people, giving our energy out to others, that it, we can start to feel fractured. And so journaling becomes a journey back to oneself. To, it, it allows you to, you know, they talk about Humpty Dumpty fell off a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back to back together again. Journaling allows you to put yourself back together again. That's all I'm going to say about that. Actually, that's not true. Because this brings me into Stutz. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a, a documentary on Netflix with Jonah Hill interviewing his psychiatrist. And forgive me if I've brought this up before already, but but I really enjoyed it, and Michelle and I, we haven't watched it yet, but we are going to watch it soon, and uh, hold on, I got to write this down, action, oh, I like that, um, what, and, and just briefly, I want to talk about what Stutz calls life force, and, and so he's talking about, it, basically, Jonah Hill, who's an actor, is interviewing his psychiatrist, Stutz, 
who is dying from Parkinson's. And, and so, but, but, but so Jonah Hill wants to capture Stutz's ideas before he passes away. And, and it's really beautiful. And, um, and I really encourage you to, to not just watch it, but rewatch it. My, me and my sister, my younger sister, we've been going back and forth talking about it. And, um, and so now Stutz is S-T-U-T-Z, S-T-U-T-Z, is now getting a bit more publicity as a result of it. And but the main thing I, I want to talk about from it is life force. That's what he brought up, uh, how to build your life force. He talks about how people come to him with depression or just feeling overwhelmed or feeling stuck or stagnated. And he talks about the three ways you can build your life force. And uh, he, he views it as a pyramid. So he draws a pyramid. And at the bottom of your pyramid, if you want to build your life force, meaning your energy or your mana or to, to get some momentum going, right? He says at the bottom of your pyramid is as exercise or, or movement, right? Um, what you're eating Make sure you're eating something healthy, high protein, fat, uh, probably low carbs. He doesn't specify in terms of, but, you know, to, to be aware of how your eating makes you feel. And then also sleep. You know, for me, I talk about this, sleep is my foundation. Like, if I don't get a good night's sleep, if I don't hit those deep REM cycles, uh, that really impacts not just my day, but I find the next three days. It takes me a few days to recover from uh, a poor night's sleep. So when we're looking at a pyramid, at the bottom is, are you exercising? Are you getting, and now I hate the word exercise. I'd rather use the word movement, you know, whether it's doing dishes, the laundry, cleaning up the house, um, you know, raking up leaves, doing some construction, going for a walk, walk, you know, washing the dog, dancing. There's just so many ways for us uh, to get movement. Are, are we helping people with their, their groceries, playing with pets, playing with the kids, playing sports? Like, how are we getting movement into our day? How are we incorporating movement into our life? And that could even mean you know, if you work in an office building, taking the stairs, going up and down instead of firing off an email, really getting up out your chair to go and have conversations with people face-to-face instead of firing off that email or sending a text. Like, how much can you incorporate movement into your life? You know, taking breaks to go fill up the car, clean up the car, all these little things where we can incorporate movement into our life. And, and I say incorporate movement into your life because I think that, uh, you know, unfortunately we have this mindset of if I go to the gym an hour a day, then that's good. And, and, and really our, our bodies are meant to be moving throughout the day and, and not just for an hour of the day and then we can be sedentary for the rest of the day. Like that's not going to work. That, uh, <laughs> you're going to get sciatica, back pain, it's really undoing all the things. So I'd rather have you figure out how to incorporate movement into your day than to think about, I just need to go to the gym for an hour a day. 
Um, if you can do both, great. But if you have to pick one or the other, find out how to incorporate movement into your day. Um, and so you have movement, you have nutrition. And so for me, what I find is that uh, I need to eat three times a day, 8 a.m., noon, and then uh, I have to be done eating by 6. So I like to eat dinner around 5.30 p.m. And so uh, optimally, I'm eating protein for breakfast, protein for lunch, and then protein, veggies, carbs for dinner. And the reason is, is I just, it keeps me sharp. I feel sharp. I feel lucid. I feel engaged. I feel neutral, um, robust, vital. If I have like any type of sugar or carbs for breakfast or lunch, I find myself just craving sugar and carbs. And I, you know, I've talked about my sugar addiction on here before. And so it just kind of undoes me a little bit. And, and I'm just not as sharp. I mean, I'm still functional. I can get things done, obviously. But I, but I notice a difference on those days where I, I'm just having, you know, I'm more pescatarian. So I'm just having fish for breakfast, like nine ounces, and then nine ounces of uh, fish for dinner or lunch. And then uh, sometimes I'm having red meat for like lamb, like braised lamb for dinner, or I have white fish. Um, ideally, I would have a, a fatty breakfast, fatty, fatty fish for breakfast, fatty fish for lunch, and then uh, white fish for dinner because, um, you know, the fattier the food, the harder it is for my body to digest. And because I'm not really, you know, I'm, I'm winding down at dinner, I don't need the energy that would come from fat at dinner. So I can have a low-fat fish or um, for dinner. That way it's easier for my body to digest. And then I can get into a, 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 I can That also improves my quality of sleep. So I just looking at um, the measurements, because I have an app that tracks my sleep, sleep cycle, I've, I've noticed the difference between uh, if I have a if I if I'm eating too much of a fatty dinner, and uh, and and eating too close to or eating too late at night, and how that affects my sleep versus a low fat dinner, um, I could still have the carbs and the veg vegetables. I have like sweet potatoes and then like you know uh, Brussels sprouts or asparagus, um, and and I just I just noticed you know it just shows up in the data. And so that's the beauty of being able to track it and also the beauty of having a journal because then you can look at and see, oh, when I eat this, this is how it impacts my sleep. And, and, and I bring all this up to say when we talk about, you know, preventing suicide, it's not enough to just prevent suicide. We also have to figure out how to thrive and what that looks like to live optimally to live fully to to want to be here to want to to feel present and grounded um and also to feel connected and so I, you know i'm recognizing that it's is not just about you know calling the 988 number or the suicide prevention hotlines or um 
you know, talking to my therapist, there are really some things I have to do daily. There are daily actions that I have to take to keep me connected and grounded. And and that doesn't mean that I stay, even if I, you know, we're not robots. So we're not going to do everything perfectly every day. That It's preposterous. But it's beautiful to know that I know how to get back to land, right? Because we talk about, if we're talking about feeling suicidal and like we're drowning and we're underwater and we can't breathe and then, you know, I, I, I you know, as a lifeguard, I, I jump in and I save you and I bring you up and you, and you, and you get air. If I, as a lifeguard, I bring you back to land, that's cool, but but then you're always, always going to rely on me to get you back to land. But if I learn that, oh, if when I feel like I'm drowning, if I can get back up to breathe, right, then I can swim back to land because I've done this before. Now it's not as scary. Now I'm not as terrified. I'm not catastrophizing it. And, and, and also I'm not worried about the next time it happens. It's like, yeah, sure. Throw me in uh, fifty feet of water. I've been there before. I've, I've hit rock bottom. I know I can bounce up, take a big inhale, and then start swimming back to land. And so it is just beautiful to know that we have those tools, strategies, and capabilities. It's also it's also beautiful to know that there's also a lifeguard because there may be days where swimming back to land feels too daunting it, it the, the land looks too far or maybe we swam too far out we, we swam out a little further than we 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 were capable of or should have and now getting back to land is trouble and and now maybe maybe we not only do we need the lifeguard we need the coast guard right so so our, our troubles become a a, a, a a catastrophe in some ways um, you know, but that's the beauty of of having a therapist or a life coach or a best friend or an enemy or a family member, just somebody that you know that you can call and just say, "Hey, I swam a little. I swam out a little too far. I swam out a little too far." Uh, or you know, I'm feeling like I'm underwater right now. You know, just to you know, and 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 that's beautiful to have your way of phrasing what you're going through. You don't have to say I'm feeling suicidal or thinking about ending my life. You can you can create your own way of communicating in a way that the other person but that but in a way that the other person knows what you're you're saying. So uh but getting back to this life force. So at the foundation is, you know, making sure you're moving, incorporating movement through your day. And in a beautiful way is Maybe you are going through a deep depression right now, and you're in that place where you're like, you just want to sit on the couch all day. Cool. Set an alarm. If you're in, in uh, I just interviewed somebody who will be on a podcast in a in a in a few months, uh, and he'll talk about this. But uh, I want to incorporate the idea now. If you're if you're laying on the couch, set an alarm for every hour, or every half hour, whatever you feel like, but at least every hour. To where you get up and go do something for at least five to twenty minutes. Just get up, you know, go go, you know, 
sweep the floor, vacuum, put the dishes away, dry the dishes, wash it, like run the dishwasher again, do laundry, something to where you, you're getting up at least every hour to circulate, to move around. Go check on your neighbors. Go buy a newspaper. Fill up the tank. Something like that so that you, you're creating a rhythm, an ebb and flow, a back and forth. We're not just stagnant and, and laying on a couch. So, you know, I say that to say let's honor what we're experiencing and what we're feeling. And let's also recognize that we don't have to stay there. We're not powerless. Uh, we're not helpless. We are still capable of, of taking action. So movement, eat, sleep. And then the, um, uh, the second uh, uh, part of the pyramid is, uh, oh, socializing. And I really love that he brought this up. Because, you know, we've talked so much about the, how hard it is to make friends and connect with people and how important it is to uh, be intentional about engaging with others, to making friends, to joining a group, joining Facebook groups, joining live groups, joining, you know, because we really are the quality of the people we surround ourselves with. So, you know, if all your friends are drinking buddies or drinking friends, then chances are you're going to end up drinking. But if you join, like, the yacht club or a card club or um, swim club, jogging club, there are all these bike clubs and groups where it's more about movement than it is about drinking and, and libations and intoxication, then that's going to impact you. And, and then... You're going to feel the power of the group, meaning if you want to reach for a drink, you're going to be like, oh, man, I don't want to let the group down. So maybe you're drinking water now. So all these little ways of connecting with people and, and even introducing yourself to your neighbors of, uh, you know, the holidays are really a great time to do this where you can leave little gift bags on the door just leave a card on the door if money's a little tight, introducing yourself and saying hello and maybe writing five things about you on there. There's just so many ways for us to connect or even just you know making sure every time you go to the store, you go to the same cashier and just slowly build a relationship with that cashier and asking them questions, but also sharing a little bit about you so then it, it doesn't feel so alone to when you're running these daily errands so that, you know, it's not just the mail guy. Now it's Bob. It's not just the cashier. It's Rebecca. Like now you have names and faces and connections and, and most importantly stories that uh, allow you to feel seen, heard and understood. So being intentional, you know, we, we have so many things we put on our calendar, make sure you're scheduling uh, dates and and it at the very least you're inviting people to do things with instead of waiting for the phone to ring instead of waiting for somebody to reach out and and if and if there's somebody who you're like ah I feel like I'm bothering this person continue to reach out just you know do it less frequently I'll, I'll reach out in three months if every three months feels like too much all right I'll reach out every five months and then you just you know. And then some people, you go, I'll reach out every Friday or 
or every day or, you know, whatever. But, you know, certain people will, you'll find, require uh, certain levels of engagement. Um, and, and that's all up to you. And maybe you're one of those people that just needs one person. It's, but, you know, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling disconnected, make sure you're reaching out. And because the danger here is if you're in a relationship with someone, right, and you feel connected with that one person, the danger then becomes you making that person your everything. That's where it gets dangerous because that person can't possibly fulfill all of your needs. So it's beautiful that they are making the attempt or making the try, but in reality, it's not sustainable. So, you know, try to incorporate different groups of people into your life. Remember, we as a, as a species, we survive because of diversity. So we also need social diversity. Even if that means having friends that you disagree with politically or religiously or, or morally or, or, or you know whatever, like to have a different groups of people that you're interacting with so that it, it keeps your mind sharp and your brain engaged, and, and it also gives you something to look forward to. And at the very least, you know, schedule little coffee breaks with friends. Hey, you want to grab coffee at noon on such and such? You want to grab tea uh, at blah, blah, blah? You want to go to the batting cages, you know, catch a movie, et cetera, et cetera. Scheduling things to do with other people it is beautiful. Or if you go, hey, I'm going to go, you know, to the grocery, I'm going to go shopping uh, Thursday. I'm going to go to Home Depot just to ask if, if they want you to pick something up for them. Be of service. That's a way of connecting with people. It doesn't always have to be you sitting down and talking to them and, and, and sharing your day. It could be as simple as calling up a friend and saying, hey, I'm going to go do this thing. Do you want me to bring something back for you? Or uh, is there, did you want to accompany me? You know, so then it takes the pressure off you having to have like a, a converse, have a conversation, you know, that one-on-one -on -one at the coffee shop or at dinner. It's more about the event than it is about you two carrying on. So, you know, I, I want to highlight those three ways. One is to say, hey, let's go grab something to eat and hang out. And then, and two is, uh, it, you know, do you want to accompany me to a thing, right? That's a way of engagement. And then uh, three is uh, to, to offer to do something for uh, the other person, uh, you know, because it's in line with what you're already doing. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm going to Home Depot. Do you need me to grab some batteries or a flashlight? Uh, is there something you'd like me to pick up for you and bring back? Like there's just so many different ways that we can uh, connect. And then the fourth way is slowly building those lateral connections with people, uh, uh, meaning like the cashier, the mail person, et cetera, et cetera. And then the last part on Stutz's uh, life force that he talked about was, and, and this is what we talked about in the beginning, which was... Uh, talking to your and I think he referred to it as your higher power or your God or um, maybe yourself but but basically he said the way to do it is through journaling 
And and I and I really love that because if journaling, you know, we've already went through the journaling thing. So if journaling is something that doesn't work for you, to even talk out loud to yourself, set a timer, five minutes, 10 minutes. Um, I, I find that I need 20 minutes of talking to myself. And, and what I love to do, here's a way of, of, of uh, alternative to sitting down a journaling. I have a dry erase board. I have, uh, we have multiple dry erase boards throughout the house. And it's called, uh, in, in the corporate world, they call it whiteboarding, where I just, you know, just start talking, throwing stuff out, you know, like, oh, I'm upset about this. And, and you know, just throwing out whatever I'm feeling or I'm excited about this or I can't wait for this. And I just start writing stuff on the whiteboard. It's almost like, um, you know, when you watch uh, a cop show and he's just like, all right, you know, what are the ideas? What do we think is going to happen? Who do we think it is? All that stuff. And you just start throwing stuff on a whiteboard. And, and that's, so you're standing up, you got the energy going, and you're just kind of pacing back and forth. And, um, you know, it, it, it just w- whatever the thing is you're, you're grappling with. It could be, say, you go, you know, maybe for you it's, you know, the idea of, like, I want to end my life. And so you put that on a, on a dry erase board. And then you drop there. Why? You're like, uh, you know, I lost my job. I lost my girl. My dog died. My back hurts. Um, you know, finances are tight. Uh, the roof is leaking. Um, you know, I, I, I'm having trouble sleeping. Um, you know, nobody caught, like, all these different things. And you just start labeling all these different things. And then what you'll start to find is um, um, you'll get to this place, all right, so why wouldn't I want to end my life? Or, or you know, what do I feel? And, and then all of a sudden you go, oh, you know what? I forgot that, um, you know, my, my best friend called me the other day and, and is coming to visit. Or uh, my back hurts, but my insurance is not going to cover it. And, yeah, I lost my job, but I got like a, a, a severance uh, package or nobody calls me, but I also realize that I haven't been calling anybody back. Like they've been inviting me for years and I kept saying no. So yeah, now they're not calling me. So I have to reestablish those connections. Um, you, you, you just start finding, you, you'll start discovering. Now I want to say finding, you'll start discovering and unpacking your own resources for managing a lot of these things that feel unmanageable, that feel overwhelming. And you'll realize how much of the certain things you have in your control, and you might figure out there's some things that aren't in your control or things that you can't deal with right now. And so, you know, you just start to feel empowered. You start, it gives you to to be able to zoom out literally because it's on a, a whiteboard. Or any board, if you know, if you don't have a whiteboard, you can put it on uh, index cards and put index cards on your wall, and kind of like step back and, and journal and, and write ideas down like that. Like, have fun. Journaling doesn't have to be you. You pull out a, a notebook and start writing. There are different ways that we can write and zoom out on our ideas, and and get some perspective and start to see 
the options that we have in front of us, right? And, and as we get in the practice of doing it daily, then we start all of a sudden, I'm telling you, you'll start looking forward to it. All of a sudden, you go from not looking forward to anything to now you're looking forward to this. Because remember, as we talked about earlier, it's magical. It's magical to see something that felt so daunting and overwhelming and just like sucked on Monday to be so now like life affirming and, and encouraging and exciting on Wednesday. And, and I know it doesn't always happen that quickly, but um, it's just magical. And, 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 I, and I want you to uh, experience the magic. Now, like I said, I, I, I want to cover uh, a man called Uve, uh, but before they do that, um, you know, earlier when I talked about the potatoes, like one person can't be your potato, um, that, that comes out of this book that I read, The Botany of Desire, by Michael Pollan, and um, forgive me if I mentioned that before also, but in that book, he talks about how um, in Ireland, they were reliant on one type of potato, and then those potatoes uh, uh, got wiped out by a bacteria. And then uh, the, the population just, like, died from famine, uh, the, almost like the entire population of Ireland. It really wiped Ireland out. And it was because they were reliant on one type of potato for sustenance. And so when you think about your work, when you think about your relationships, right, and you, even, even movement, don't rely on one type. Have a diversity of movement, whether that means that, you know, you dance on Monday, you go to the gym on Tuesday, uh, you know, you're, you're doing lawn work on Wednesday like to move your body in different ways on different days, okay? Have diversity of movement. Uh, consume a diversity of foods to feed your gut bacteria. Have a diversity of, of uh, social friends. Have different types of friends. You don't want people and associates who all think and believe the same thing. I, I, I mean, some people do, and, and that's fine, but really we, for our brain, our brain likes to be challenged and it, and it likes a, a little tension and a little back and forth and like, ooh, every now and again, it's, it, it's, it's healthy to be rubbed the wrong way or to be offended because now our brain is actually thinking about the ideas and concepts and, and maybe we dig a little deeper into our own belief system, right? We're not here to be stagnant. We're here to be dynamic, right? And, and that's what leads to growth. So when I talk about potatoes, um, in the book, The Botany of Desire, he talked about how the Peruvians grew uh, uh, various types of potatoes. So if a bug came in and wiped out one type, they had like 10 other types going. And so we as an as a individual, as a people, as a community, as a culture, as a country, we need diversity. Uh, you know, companies like uh, Facebook and Amazon and all these different companies, they have like a hundred, if not thousands of, of different of, um, uh, sources of income. They started so many other companies 
uh, you know, we just hear about the Facebook and the Amazon, but they, but they are constantly buying up other companies because they recognize they need more than one potato. So get your potatoes up in life, in, 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 you know, socially, in, and even in terms of skill and capabilities, right? If, if you know how to do, uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you've mastered something, figure out how to challenge yourself in some other way. Learn a language, you know, constantly be learning. And I don't say constantly be learning, but find something to learn. And then when you feel like you, you have some mastery or capability, then move on to something else. But, you know, and, and, and so that way we're building up potatoes. And then that makes you excited about life. It, it gives you passion, something to look forward to. And, uh, and then you feel like you can be of service to more people in different environments, in different circumstances. So get your potatoes up. Um, that's from the Botany of Desire by Michael Pollan. And then the last thing I want to talk about is a man called Uwe. Uh, I read this or I listened to this book, and it's a it's a it's a book. It's a movie. Also, uh, they did two movies actually, but the new movie is with Tom Hanks. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I was like, oh man, I thought I did a podcast on this because. The main character in A Man Called Uwe, it's a, it's a book by Frederick Bachman, who I, I love his books. He also wrote uh, Anxious People. He's, he's just a, a phenomenal writer. And he usually writes from like this uh, philosophical, psycholo- not, I hate to use the word psychological, but this philosophical, um, melancholic, just really speaking to the heart of, of people like he has a deep understanding of people and their motivations and um and 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 it's just his his stories are just heartfelt and um yeah i i they're, they're i just i love his books and i like his writing style so a man called uve um th- this character you know in the first i'm not i'm not going to give away the the ending or anything but the book starts off with him wanting to end his life, and I was like, "Whoa, that's that's where we're starting," and uh, and and he attempts to to do it a couple times through the book, but uh, and, and what's beautiful is that he he discovers value in making friends because you know he he's he isolates himself, he um, uh, is always yelling at people for being on his lawn, like he's that. He's, he's kind of, cur, uh, what, curmudgeon? He's a curmudgeon, I think that's the word. Just that, that angry old man yelling at people, get off my lawn. And uh, But, you know, he, he discovers the value of making friends, connecting with his neighbors, and having love. And, you know, one of the things that is causing him grief is that his wife passed, passed away. And, and, and she's passed away even before the book and movie starts, so that doesn't happen in the movie, I'm not giving that away. Um, but, but then a, a cat, he, he discovers the, the power of taking care of a cat and how much that gets him out of bed and gives him a, a new purpose in life. So, you know, it's about, you know, if there's anything I want you to get from this episode, it's, you know, it's about, you know, 
increasing your number of potatoes, one, and then and two, in finding your cat, finding the thing that gets you out of bed every morning. It could be a cat, it could be a car, it could it could be your work, it could be a person, but but you know, find that that thing that it could even be plants. You see that a lot in, in movies a lot where the person who's kind of by themselves is uh, taking care of a plant and, and that just gives them life. You know, I really do, uh, Michelle loves flowers and so from time to time I go to the farmer's market and bring her back some flowers. Our favorite flowers are stargazers. Uh, they're just so uh, floral, like you can smell them. And they look beautiful. Some people like lilies. I hate lilies. I the look of, I, like the look of lilies makes me cringe. I've I never thought. <laughs> uh, it's so funny to say that, but I, in a book of Botany of Desire, he was talking about how big lilies were and how much people loved lilies. And when I saw them, I was like, oh my! I, I don't know what it is about how they look, but there's something cringy about. <laughs> A lily, no no offense to anyone out there who loves a lily. Um, but uh, but but also a man called Uve, he found a way to make peace with the passing of his wife and um, and also uh, an unborn child. And so I, I think it's just a really beautiful movie and uh, and wonderful book. If you'd like to pick that up and check that out, um, this is not a, a promotion. But, but it's just, it goes back to the power of connection and community and, um, and discovering that even when we have lost something, that something else shows up in its place if we can take the time to recognize it. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself. Uh, remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you calling the 988 or any of the international phone numbers that are listed in all of the show notes. Uh, go to betterhelp.com forward slash Leo uh, for 10% off your first month. Um, and, you know, get your, get your person, get your potato, get your potato. And we'll talk to you soon.